With the increased concern over infectious diseases, effective cleaning and sanitizing have become even more critical. The guest today on Unstoppable Talk, John Newhart, is founder and COO of Dry Vapor Cleaner. With his process, he has been able to use a safe, non-chemical approach to kill germs and viruses, as well as effectively clean military and other industrial equipment for continued use. John, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Sam. Absolutely. So, John, how is your company innovative? We are innovative because we clean and we sanitize, which is uh, very popular these days, using only water and heat. We've completely eliminated any chemicals from our process, and we are in a variety of industries, and especially with the, uh, the COVID epidemic, pandemic, we are chemical-free. Interesting. So, uh, so let's expand that a bit. So uh, what kind of businesses uh, do you, are you working with nowadays at your company? These days, we are working with everybody from schools, government offices, chiropractors, dentists, orthopedists, um, doctors of all different types, and uh, restaurants. All kinds of all kinds of industries across the board, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does that system work? I mean, what kind of, how does this machinery work that you actually can do all this just with water? Right. And initially, I, I kind of take a step back. Initially, our uh, equipment was created to clean jewelry. Hmm. And then it, it rapidly moved into a, a weapons cleaning system. Uh, we, they've been used in Desert Storm and Desert Shield special operations and all the way through since then. Effectively, inside our equipment, we have a high-tech aluminum aerospace core. We heat that core up to 500 degrees, and then we pump into that drops of distilled water. You can't use regular water because if you did, it'd clog up like your shower heads a whole lot faster. Mm-hmm. So that water, when it goes into the equipment, it immediately turns into 300 degree, 300 PSI dry vapor. Everybody has the question about what is dry vapor? That doesn't uh, seem to make sense. Mm-hmm. If you see the machine in operation, you'd say, oh, it's a steam cleaner. This is where it kind of gets technogeek. Steam is actually 212 degrees and 38% water vapor. We are extra heated steam because when it comes out of our machine, it's 300 degrees. So raising the temperature to 300 degrees actually lowers the water vapor to 4%. Hmm. So in that situation, you know, for example, we're able to clean a weapon in less than 90 seconds, leaving it clean, dry, hot, and ready for lubrication. Likewise, there's a lot of germs and amoebas and microbes and virus and bacteria out there. And the biggest, baddest bacteria, the virus or anything that's out there, can withstand 257 degrees. Our equipment at 300 degrees destroys those viruses on contact. Gotcha. So now, John, you're you're located in California, yeah. and and but you used to live here in Cincinnati, and we met uh, through the Rotary Club here in Cincinnati. Yes. But how did you how did you get into this business from your uh, what your prior life? Well, that's a, a series of, of uh, fortunate accidents is really what happened. Uh, my prior prior life was uh, business advisory operations and helping people to sell their business, primarily family operated businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a uh, an opportunity to come out to California and run a company for a client of mine. I came out here for a couple of years, did that, got them uh, moved up to the next stage where they could actually hire somebody internally 
and uh, and save a little money on their part. And I had a, a great opportunity to um, acquire this business for some technology. As I mentioned, it's, it's been around for about uh, 20 years or so and saw that opportunity, bought the company. And with, with the company, I also got the employees and a, a lot of people that had a lot of good ideas that hadn't been implemented. And so we've completely gone through the product line inside out and upgraded and made changes to, uh, to make it better equipment. Uh, with that as well, I have a, uh, a couple of um, new patent pendings that are coming about. And uh, that's, that's, that's kind of how I fell into it a lot by accident. But uh, it seems like all the experience that I've had uh, up to this point was uh, beneficial to make this happen. Yeah, absolutely. So let's say you want to, you know, sanitize like a pediatrician's office or something like that, right? And, and I'm, I'm very interested by this because I think the one thing I notice with the American response to the pandemic is we don't see, as you saw in China and, and, and in Italy, people walking up and down the streets in full like hazmat suits spraying disinfectant, right? We haven't seen that happen. Mm-hmm. At least I haven't. Um, but I mean, l- let's say you're going to disinfect like a pediatrician's office. So do you, how do you, do you come and do every single surface everywhere? How do you, how do you do that? I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of surfaces, carpets, you know, chairs, doorknobs, everything else in there. How do you, how do you do a project like that? Yeah. And that's, uh, we've got several size machines. Our smallest one weighs about 14 pounds, about as big as a toaster, very portable. And we've got the next size up, which is about 34 pounds. Uh, It's very portable as well. And that's usually the size that people will, will have with some of the larger um, offices. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, like, the, um, you know, here again, a, a, an office has maybe got three or four or five offices, the small unit would work, but the, the larger ones and the, some of the retail locations, they've got the, uh, the larger one. So they will, uh, they'll set up the machine and really it, uh, it's got an operating uh, distance that uh, people are using, which is about six to 18 inches. And that's from a handheld uh, nozzle that that uh, the machine has, which comes out of the machine. And so, really, in those situations, they're going through and hitting um, the, hitting the hot spots. They're hitting the doorknobs. They're hitting the handrails. Uh, on in in those type of situations, they're actually uh, you know doing the the chairs, the arm, the you know the seats, all the places that are really getting a lot of exposure and getting touched. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in the, the, the dentist's office, they're doing the entire chair. Um, and as well, the, you know, the desk surfaces. One of the good things that because of being dry vapor is that there's, there's no residual water. Hmm. So, you know, it, it can be held and wanded through an office and, you know, you'll hit all those spots. Um, you know, and you can hit a, different surfaces. You can do the telephones. You can do the keyboard on the computer. You, you can do all those things. Um, you know, there are some things and, you know, if you talk to seven people, you'll probably get nine different responses on how COVID is transmitted, where it is and what it is, what it, what it is and what it isn't. Um, it's, it's, it's probably very unlikely that it's on the light bulbs in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and, and here again, whether it's transmitted via touch or whether it's, it's coughed out onto something, it's, it's really, it's pretty, pretty much, it's in, it's in the droplets is where almost everybody agrees that the droplets contain the virus and those getting into the, 
with sensitive um, nasal and ocular cavities if people will transmit the disease. So we're touching all those things. We're, you know, with our equipment, um, you know, we're, we're covering all the pieces. Um, we are working with some foreign governments currently who are looking to, to uh, clean vehicles that are coming into their country at the, at the border locations. Hmm. And so we can, you know, we've, we've talked to some of them about a, a very creative design that they've got with servo motors and all sorts of things to control, uh, you know, whether it's a, a Chevy Volt or a 53 foot, um, truck trailer. They can do that on the outside. And, and here again, I, you know, there, there may be, I'm not a complete expert, but I have spoken to a lot of doctors on this. There's very little likelihood that there's COVID virus on the top outside of that truck. Yeah. On the, on the trailer. However, the likelihood that it's inside the cab, I mean, if there's a, if there, if the driver's got COVID, there's a huge likelihood of that. And we can go in and completely go through the inside of a vehicle in about two or three minutes. Hmm, um, hitting, hitting all the surfaces, you know, complete from the, from the windshield, the inside of the windshield, the dash, the, the, you know, Everything on the dashboard, you know, we go right across through the electronics. And we do have some some samples that we've done for, you know, we've, we've put it on YouTube as we've kind of gone through and done some things um, to show people how we can get about it and how it works. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, two, two big benefits, I think, of the process are, you know, the, the you're avoiding the harsh chemicals, right? This is one thing. Uh, but also, you know, I wanted to circle back to the moisture content. You know, I was at a one of our local Kroger's recently, and there was a service technician who is was the person responsible for the uh, credit card swiper, you mm, know, yes. thing. And of course, the, the big problem we've seen there, and now there's little signs, at least here locally, we, I've seen this, there's these little signs stuck to this, says, you know, do not spray clean this, you know, scanner, <laughs> right? And right. Uh, someone, some I overheard a conversation this this uh, person was having, and she said that she was at a, a local Kroger here, and they had fourteen of the uh, terminals were dead, right? Like pretty oh, much, yeah. like all of them were dead, and it's because someone had gone through and and sprayed, you know, some liquid dis- disinfectant on them, right? And and shorted right. it out. And she said, you know, I carry one spare in my vehicle. <laughs> there were 14. And, and, you know, it's bad enough with everything else going on and people competing for toilet paper and everything. But when your Kroger is down to one scanner, that's a bit of a problem, right? That could be a bit of a problem. Yeah. yeah. And and so I'm curious, I and mean, I guess, would it, is it the case that, it, that your approach wouldn't damage uh, electronics in that way? Correct. Correct. Hmm. Because, because we've got the heat that does it. And, you know, here again, even if you, if you, Turn the, uh, the the local disinfectant uh, can around. Those surfaces that that needs to be on is about thirty seconds, and that surface needs to be wet for thirty seconds prior to the evaporation going on. Yeah, ours here again. It, it's the heat that kills it. Um, it, it. The heat just destroys, especially in the current situation. And you've got an RNA ball that's surrounded by a lipid, a thin layer of fat, and I mean, it's immediately destroyed because the, the fat melts, the, the stuff is exposed to the air and it dies or it is destroyed mm-hmm. specifically. Um, and, and that's, that's really how our equipment, um, 
kind of we kind of got into the COVID thing by accident, um, but we've been uh, we've been across the country. We're 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 in about uh, 50 hospitals all over the country who have used our equipment over the past 20 years in their uh, SPD, their sanitizing processing department. Mm-hmm. And what what that area is is after an operation, you know, you a new hip, a new knee, a new you know whatever it could be. They will take the instruments, the stainless steel instruments, and they will they'll get the uh, the blood and guts off, let's say, and also kill all the germs. So they'll sanitize the equipment there. Mm-hmm. And um, there's also something that uh, it's actually called hospital acquired infection, mm-hmm. and that's when you go into the hospital. I mean, uh, with whatever you had, you're not perfectly fine, but whatever you had, and you acquire an infection from that, from the hospitals. And in the United States, there were over 99,000 people that died last year from that. So the way that the, a lot of the hospitals are, uh, the infections being transmitted is on the wheels of the equipment, whether it's the equipment or the, or the bag stand or the gurney, the bed, the the germs are on that, and they're going blip, 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 all the way through the hospital. Somebody else picks one up somehow. So they've got stations in hospitals where they actually clean those wheels. Hmm. And so they, you know, they're using antimicrobial this and antiviral that, trying to hope that uh, you know these bugs won't build up an immunity to these things. Well, without a thousand years of evolution, you're not going to build up an immunity to 300 degrees. Yeah, it's you know it's it's a it's a temperature thing. So that being said, all of a sudden we started getting phone calls from people saying, "Okay, you've got sanitizing equipment. Where do we go with that?" And so you know we've gone out into the kind of the general market, the public market at this time, and you know that's that's how we got rolling. But prior to that, we were in the industrial market, and a lot of our clients are cleaning. Uh, oil and grease and dirt and muck and things off of off of metal parts. Um, you know, we're in the aerospace industry, we're in the construction industry. All all of these people are cleaning dirt and muck from their maintenance department off of parts, and it's at 300 degrees that it breaks that uh, that chemical bond. Mm-hmm. The four percent water vapor acts as an emulsifier. It grabs the dirt, and the pressure is what pushes it out. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting you're talking about, you know, that antibiotic resistance and so, and so forth, right? I mean, like like you said, the it is not going to be able to handle the heat or adapt to the heat that quickly. I actually had a conversation with a uh, biologist who informed me that there is a bacteria that can live at extremely high temperatures. They live in volcanoes and in the uh, some of those hot spots in the Mariana Trench down hmm. at the bottom of the ocean. The fortunate part about that, they can't live outside that area. So we're yeah. safe from them, but I didn't want you to get <laughs> inundated with calls and emails about that just in case. So that's interesting because I could see in hospitals that are, I, I've seen some other systems and I'm aware of some other systems in hospitals, for instance, that, you know, when the, the patient leaves the room, that the whole room basically floods with UV light, you know, if, the, if there's nobody yeah. in it, right, to try yeah. to sort of zap the whole room. But of course, if, uh, if there's a blanket laying over the top of, say, the wheels, on the floor or something that's not going to really do much, right? Um, right. You know, the UV light's not going to penetrate that, for instance. So so that's interesting. So I guess I could almost see, you know, 
just having a constant team of people roving the hospital, cleaning, especially nowadays, following people and cleaning up behind them practically. Well, and, and that's really what it is, and whether it's in a hospital or in an orthodontist's office. After every patient, you're cleaning that area. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've gotten calls from some people who have uh, been approached by, you know, cleaning companies and they said, you know, we'll, we'll come in and we'll sanitize your facility. You know, but we need you to agree to a contract and we're going to come out, you know, a minimum of four times a year. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if you've got a brand new sanitized facility today and you've got one person with COVID that comes in tomorrow, well, what are you going to do for the 88 days remaining? Yeah. And, and this allows them to, uh, you know, to, to, to follow up after each patient. Um, to, to, and, and a lot of it is, uh, you know, I had a dentist who called me and he said, you know, I've got the five times super HEPA filter and I've got the, you know, this RO system water purifier. He said, you know, I, I need your system to be that last link in the chain to protect. And he wasn't even talking about his, his clientele. I mean, you know, they, they were a beneficiary as well. But what he wanted to do was make his staff feel safe because mm-hmm. they were concerned about coming back. So, you know, and of course you do that, then the customers are, are the third party beneficiary from that as well. Sure. Let's say you're like a restaurant though, in that case. Um, so, I mean, I mean, they would almost have to clean what, I mean, I don't know, every shift or every few hours. I mean, here's an environment where, I mean, people are, are touching forks, spoons, knives, tables, chairs, and they're eating, right? I mean, you know, it's not, it's not something where they're laying there, not putting their hands near their mouth, right? Correct. For instance, <laughs> Correct. Um, so direct I mean, contact. Yeah, and, and I don't know if uh, California is more restrictive than Ohio, for instance, or has harder rules around that with restaurants reopening. But I mean, how many times a day would a restaurant have to potentially disinfect their space? Is it after every party leaves a table? It it, it really should be, um, because you know, again, did that last customer have it? Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't know. And in most restaurants, or at least, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the, not necessarily the fine dining ones, but in most restaurants, they do have somebody that's coming around with, you know, with, and this has always kind of made me a little nervous anyway. You know, they've got the, the, the wet sticky cloth <laughs> that they wipe the table down with. Yep. And sometimes it's stickier afterwards than before. So it, it is a, uh, I mean, I was in a bank the other day and I, I saw a woman, one cloth, one spray bottle spraying the stuff and walking around. She did everything from the front door to the handrails to all the way back behind the tellers and everything else. And I'm, I'm telling you, it, it wasn't it wasn't 30 seconds after she'd cleaned the entrance door that the security guard put the hand on the door, opened the door just to make you know look outside and make sure everybody was six feet apart, and then let the door shut again. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, you know, and here again, whether you're gloved or not gloved, I mean, once, once a contaminates on your hand, you know, it's going from there. And so it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing. Um, you know, I mean, they've, the bank has a protocol. I think they're, they're, they're wandering through about every hour. Yeah. And, uh, it's definitely something that's come out of this pandemic is that I believe we're going to be a, uh, a more conscious society about our germs. Uh, you know, if, if this isn't getting everybody to cough into your elbow, nothing's going to. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because, you know, the, the, uh, the gray towel or gray rag that used to be white that, that even in, I mean, I don't know. I had what, I mean, 
even um, if you go to fancy restaurants, you know, they always have the, the folded napkin sometimes that they'll brush the crumbs away with and stuff. And it's like, are you, you know, obviously they're not throwing that out afterwards, right? Correct. Probably Correct. reusing it. But, you know, we've, but we've been so reliant and been able to rely on our immune system that, you know, the, we, we're not getting sick per se because of the gray rag, right? It's like, yeah, it's not going to kill you. Like, it's not, you know, it's the Waffle House table is not pristine. I wouldn't lick the table. Or like if my son drops a piece of bacon on the table, I'm like, right, you know, don't pick that up and eat it, right? <laughs> um, but it's taking on a whole new risk now, right? Right, right. So, so are places like that, uh, you know, the ones that you're working with, I mean, are they, they're not buying, I mean, you don't sell them the equipment, right? You come in and actually do it as a service. Is that right? No, we actually, we actually sell the equipment. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I can't tell you, I mean, I get a dozen calls a day asking for us to come out and clean and it's my my partner keeps saying we got to get into the cleaning business. We got to get. I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, we, we got enough on our plates here as we are. Um, but uh, we work with the cleaning companies. We'll sell them the equipment. Okay. They come out and do the surfaces sur- services of that. And in so many of them that we're actually uh, selling to today, we are. You know, we, we sell them to the dentist office. We sell them to the orthodontist office. Mm-hmm. The acupuncturist. Uh, I sold one uh, yesterday to a, uh, a, a, I don't know what their, his official title would be, but he goes in, he's in Hollywood and he goes into the locations prior to the filming hmm. and he's clean, he's cleaning stuff there. So it's, I mean, it's, I always feel safer when I'm taking the matter into my own hands. Um, but, you know, between doing that and, you know, and there's a lot of places that are just cleaning every night. And for them, the, the the cleaning service works excellently because you know they're in there cleaning and you know tidying up anyway. This is just another step to come through and sanitize everything. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, and you know, really probably saves them from buying a lot of chemicals because obviously distilled water is pretty cheap. So I mean, is that is that something that purely from a cost basis, it's saving them money as well? Absolutely. Um, you know, the chemicals as well, and you know, I, I've never really uh, been too afraid of the chemicals, but now I have a heightened sense of the chemicals that we're breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a, uh, a, a, a realized and, and a, uh, a reasonable fear, I believe, um, you know, for the reasons I mentioned earlier about the advertisements 20 years from now, or 10 years from now, even, um, it will be where you overexposed in the 2020 pandemic. Please call this number for your compensation. Sure. You know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, my sister works for the uh, government of Denver and or Colorado in Denver. Um, and she, they've got an office where um, women have come in and they've not been able to breathe. Yeah. You know, you, you know, it's sanitized, you know, it's clean, but you know, if you're unable to breathe or you've got, and here again, it's the same people that are affected. It's the people with asthma. It's the people that have hard time breathing anyway. And now you're breathing chemicals in. I mean, that that's really one of the most important parts. And the, the, the part that I'm, you know, happiest about uh, is that, you know, we're offering something that is green. All we use is distilled water and heat. Yeah. I mean, and I guess in that industry, there are a lot of Pretty harsh chemicals that are, it's not only, you know, breathing and sort of stuff, but afterwards disposal of if you're, um, particularly like, I don't know, if I've talked to people in the carpet cleaning business and stuff, for instance, you know, that 
I mean, they have to have licenses to dispose of that stuff, and sometimes they don't necessarily always put it where they should. Uh, you know, they right. might find them hooked up to a local storm drain somewhere, <laughs> you know, when they shouldn't be. <laughs> right, right. But if it's all just water, there's, you don't have that problem. Right. Is that, yeah. and that, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just going to mention that. Um, I think when I saw you last a few months back when I was traveling through Ohio, one of the, my uh, specific um, areas of, of visiting with customers and prospects was in the food industry. Mm-hmm. And when I was back there then, I went to a, uh, you know, we were kind of going to some of the larger, uh, I went to an ice cream factory, I went to a sausage factory, and I went to a uh, a, uh, a, a chili factory, which I'm sure you'd know mm-hmm. the name of them, um, to discuss with them the options because you know they've got all the cooking equipment just like you have at home except they don't have a, a two quart mixer you know they've got a 200 gallon mixer sure and uh, and most of them have been using some uh, you know alternate type products but uh, you know i i've spoken to a lot of the corporate chefs and the, you know the guys who are in charge of new menus and new stuff and and he said even with some of the stuff that you know they've got citric acid stuff based and it's it's lime juice lemon juice that type of a thing he said, even with stainless steel, it will retain taste from the citrus product, even though they, they clean it with that and then they wash it with water. He says it, it still has an element there. Hmm. Well, you know, we're working with them so that they can clean with purely hot water and, you know, water and heat with dry vapor. And so we've had some success with that. And we're really happy about being able to help them because... Again, they don't want to alter the taste for their customers. They still want to do green. What options are there? Yeah, wear one of those. Cool. So, and now, and where is your equipment manufactured? Um, and and since you're so you're selling these devices out to folks, I mean, have you had to ramp that up a lot recently as well, too? Or, or and what? How's that all work? <laughs> yes, that's been my uh, my my biggest uh, thing that keeps me up at night. As <laughs> a uh, the guy who's running the business is how do we ramp up from making 50 a month to 500 a month? Mm-hmm. So we are, we're made in the USA. Uh, mm-hmm. We make them here in San Diego as well. We make them in Denver. We've got a, uh, we've got a location up there that does our, our high level production. Cool. Awesome. What are the, some of the ways that uh, you use technology in your business? Well, here again, with, with the technology, as I mentioned, this technology has been around for you know a couple of decades, but we are going through some processes and changing. As I mentioned, I've got a, a couple of new patents that are out there, and we are always looking for ways to improve our equipment. And in fact, I'm uh, I'm working with some guys who are working with the temperature control, mm-hmm. and we're you know we're we're looking at everything from reading the temperature to maintaining, and you know I'm having a, actually a, a new circuit board. Uh, designed specifically for that on how we can keep the temperature of our core um, heated. Um, Because the longer it's heated, the the more production that we get out of each machine. Very cool. What's been a a personally rewarding project you've worked on in this field? In this field and and bringing it, actually bringing it kind of home to uh, my roots in Rotary um, as well, you know, I started in Cincinnati, came out here, joined one of the uh, pretty large clubs here, and became a uh, assistant district governor, 
Mm-hmm. Really, what I'm what I'm what I'm claiming responsibility for is international relations. As I mentioned, my uh, my, my partner and I travel to uh, Mexico very frequently, a couple times a week. There's a lot of Mikilador uh, factories and whatnot down there, and so I've developed some relationships with some of the, uh, the Rotary clubs in Mexico, and through that, we've been able to get involved with. Uh, there's, there's uh, one in particular that we, we did, um, which is an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And so we uh, actually built a, a, we built a, a wing, which was larger than the original building. And it's, uh, it's kind of an after school in between project for, you know, the kids to come there who's, who's both their parents are, are working. It used to be called latchkey, I guess, mm-hmm. um, where the kids would go home and hang, hang out by themselves and get, possibly get into trouble. Uh, I know I never did get in trouble, but uh, some kids did. <laughs> and uh, so so they've got a facility and we, uh, we we gave them a machine so that they could clean. And this was before COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we just gave a machine because especially with the little kids and I remember when my boys were younger, you know, I'd go in and read stories to all the kids and, you know, there's a lot of slobbering and a lot of drooling on toys and hands and all kinds of stuff. So they, so they needed our equipment well before COVID. Right. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, I was involved in that. And, uh, and then that's just, I, I, I think that's just really cool. And that's one of the things you know, I, I love about rotary is that it's so international and you can go anywhere and you can get, make connections with people and, and, you know, and it's a, it's a different environment south of the border. And, uh, you know, we're able to help them with some things that we see on this side as, as being very simple, but uh, they don't necessarily have access to that there. Oh, awesome. And I'm curious. So, you know, obviously, like you said, your background, you, you had helped uh, do a lot of like business strategy and helping people sell businesses. And that's how you kind of, you know, that's where you came out of. But obviously, you mm-hmm. had not been in equipment manufacturing or sales and or any kind of anything too close to this. So I'm curious, you know, when you're, what have been the most important skills or techniques that you've used uh, from a sales perspective to, you know, get this product out to market? I mean, what, what's sort of the core skills that have worked the best for you? <laughs> Surprising enough, it's a core skill that I do not have. And <laughs> we have, we've been, uh, I've got a, a, a young guy, he's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And we brought him on board to do our social media. Hmm. And he has, uh, that as well as some, some introductions that we've been able to be fortunate enough to make. Uh, we're talking to the governors of three different states. Hmm. And we are, uh, just to social media. I mean, he's got things that are going out there and I, I see it as people start to call in and I get an opportunity to talk to them and I, Last week, I had an acupuncturist call and said that he saw me on the a private Facebook group that they have. Mm. And then uh, a couple of days later, I had somebody else call me from I'm like, hang on, who, who, who's posting on this thing? And it turns out it was actually uh, another customer that we had who initially saw us from a uh, a uh, Facebook post that we did. So it's it's really been so you know innovative. And I mean, I kind of understand how it works, but I'm nowhere near any. I'm, I'm more broad. Uh, 
broad scoped on that. So sure. that that's been one of the the big things that uh, you know we've been able to take care of uh, to to just just to let the world know we've had some fairly sizable companies. A lot of our here again on the industrial side, we've got Fortune 500 companies. I mean, every, everybody would recognize the name. Um, you know, I probably shouldn't mention who we're working sure. with, but uh, um, but if you name them. Uh, Top five companies in Cincinnati were probably there, um, so it's, it's, we've been very fortunate to have a, a pretty good laundry list. You can see who they are on our website, maybe. Um, and so that strategy of getting into those companies is, is completely different from the, the strategy of locating people that are out and about there, um, you know, with with some specific sanitizing needs today. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, very cool. So if people want to check out uh, what you're putting out of there on social media or just learn more about you, where's the, how can they find, how can they find you on the internet? They can find us on the internet. Uh, our website is a good uh, landing place to start. And that is dryvaporcleaner.com. Okay. And or do you have a Facebook group? It's just or a Facebook page, I guess, as well. By that yeah, name? we have, we have a Facebook uh, page, the same thing, dry vapor cleaner. Uh, and we have a YouTube channel, which is YouTube slash Dry Vapor Cleaner. Okay. And what if people want to reach out to you directly? They can reach out. They can actually call me directly on my line at 858-529-7155. Great. Well, it's very cool, John. I uh, appreciate you talking about uh, and telling us your story and what you do. Um, it's it's obviously super relevant in, in today's world. And I really didn't have that great of an understanding of, of how widespread and the need was for what you're doing. You know, it's important as we try to fix one problem, we're not creating another by using right. either, you know, stuff that's damaging to us or the environment. So it's definitely super important. But yeah, so thank you so much for coming on and telling us about it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's uh, always a pleasure to talk about it. Thank you for tuning in to Unstoppable Talk. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, be sure to support the show by leaving a five-star review on iTunes. And learn more about this show by heading over to unstoppablesoftware.com. Until next time, keep innovating.